Episode 5 of the A-League. It is wonderful to be back, fellas, again. Another Saturday uh, here to talk sports, cultural issues, cultural topics, whatever you want. Uh, everybody, how y'all feeling this morning, man? This beautiful Saturday. Man. Great, great. i like to dedicate this episode to Bow Wow. Oh, yeah, he's done. He said he's done, which we already retired him 12 years ago, though. Yeah, but wasn't he already done? That's what I'm saying. What you, he said he just squashed the beef with uh, Romeo, too. <laughs> and that had, me, that had me rolling, man. I said, y'all, nobody cares. <laughs> he said he was retiring, and I was like, who? Yeah, exactly. Who this dude? This was before Rashad's time, so he, he probably don't know who Romeo This was before your time? <laughs> Yo, Rashad, you right. He's <laughs> Hey, I, I used to ride the scooter in the living room all the time, bro, watching Little Romeo performances on Nickelodeon, bro. Look, I just want to say this. Like Mike, it's still overrated. I, I had no, a discussion no, with somebody no. earlier this week, and I'll stand by that. Overrated. Put some respect on his name. Sorry, that's a classic because that was a <laughs> that's, that's a, <laughs> Hey, why you playing, bro? Space it, it Jam. Space Jam, and then it was like uh, Mike, bro. Uh, like, like Mike came out when I was like seven. And yeah. You were two years old. <laughs> <laughs> you were suspended from hey, Space Jam came out the year I was born. Look, oh, look, look. All jokes aside. Like Mike 2. Come on, you saw that. Like Mike 2 was like, terrible. All right, then. Like, like Mike, the first one was GOAT. Very overrated. All right, look, let's jump into NFL preseason. Man, it's the greatest part of the year. One of the greatest parts of the year. We got NFL preseason. We got NBA schedule release as well. Uh, so let's get into the, the Falcons, what we saw from them game one. I know we were all texting about it, man. It was I saw y'all going back and forth. I was just ghost watching. <laughs> What did y'all think about game one, man? Um, uh, the second string looked better than the first string, unfortunately. Uh, especially with Matt Shaw and uh, that quarterback from Duke. I think it was Sean Renfrey. Uh, but uh, Matt Ryan did not look comfortable running Kyle Shanahan's offense. Like, couldn't do the bootlegs, you know, overthrowing receivers. And, uh, I mean, I really couldn't judge the defense. You know, Dwight Freeney wasn't playing and Keanu Neal wasn't playing. But, you know, uh, Warlow, he did okay. Um and uh, yeah, they they couldn't really get to Kirk Cousins, but you know it was. You just uh, yeah, sitting back there. Like, yeah, you was sitting there, could tie his shoes. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, second string, like I was really impressed with Devondre Campbell and uh, Deion Jones. Yeah, you know, they're really out there getting after the ball. Like you can see them tackling, you know, tackling running backs in space. Something I'm not used to seeing from the Falcons. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, this is I can see the whole speed approach that Dan Quinn's trying to establish in Atlanta. So that's really impressive to see. And you know, Washington, you know, they Kirk Cousins, you know, he did his thing. And uh, you know, all it's uh oh yeah, Alger Robinson for the Falcons. He was really impressive too. Yeah. Like he was burning. Everybody for the deep ball. It's like wow, like, this guy got to play. I yeah, don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know if he's a slot guy. I was going to say that slot. Maybe we got to find some third spot for him. Because uh, he, I don't know. He played with such. He had this type of energy that I was like, I, we didn't see that last year from a lot of our receivers. Even so, I mean, obviously outside of Julio Jones, but uh, he seemed to have that burst that we definitely need to stretch to stretch the field. But go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't watch the game on Thursday night. I was out. Uh, but I love the I, honesty. I, 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 but I can't tell you what, like, you know, I, I went to a couple of practices over training camp. Mm. And uh, what I can tell you from that is, you know, Keanu Neal, is, is, he's a dog, man. Like, you know, if you guys didn't see him, like, that dude, he plays hard every single play. If y'all remember, you know, he got into that, you know, fight with Tammy mm. a couple of weeks mm. back at the beginning of training camp. He just gets after it, man. I, I saw his <laughs> interviews, and he's all about winning and he, that, that's all he wants to do. He loves the game of football, and I'm very excited to see what he's going to do next year and uh, or this year. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, also, I just want to ask a question to everybody that saw the game. What about Sanu? What do you guys think about Sanu? Um, I like what I saw out of Sanu. I really think he definitely is an upgrade over right away. He's not going to be like a Pro Bowl type guy, but, I mean, I've, I've, I saw him be able to get separation on his own where – over the last few years, the Falcons kind of had to scheme Roddy White open, yep. which that's kind of why the offense got a little stagnant last year. Yeah, he uh, he looks like he fits the scheme better, and Roddy won't have to worry about, you know, catches or anything, because I believe, like, the second receiver 
a big part of their responsibility is run blocking and and it's going out there just being a body out there rather than you know Roddy who looks like he'll quit on the route if he doesn't get if he doesn't get the ball a certain amount of times but you know he really he did really good like I saw like uh you know run blocking from receivers go a long way like you're seeing like Tevin Coleman and you know getting some big runs and you know he's running toward you know he's running and you know that's obviously some wide receiver blocking going on right there so you know, we haven't we didn't hear nothing about you know Sanubi unhappy getting the ball, and you know Julio didn't even have a huge day either. So you know everybody's just playing a role. It's more of a team now rather than just individualized like it's been with the past years under Mike Smith. And you know just like Julio gonna get the ball, is Roddy gonna get the ball? You know, so it's it's good. It's a good fit. I mean, I don't expect him to be like no thousand yard receiver, but you know I expect him to play his role. You know, blocking, get some occasional catches and. You know, they go, they gonna be okay. Yeah, I'm really excited about the speed. Uh, that's that's one thing I've been, as a Falcons fan, been missing over the, uh, <clears throat> the last seems like 15 years. Is you know we have that intimidation factor when play when teams come in and know they're gonna play the Falcons. They have to worry about all this speed everywhere, and these guys are gonna hit you. They're physical now, and I, and they have a little bit more of an attitude. That's why the Keanu Keanu Neal pickup was so big for me because he's He's the prototype for that kind of attitude, that fast, and I'm going to hit you and I'm not scared of you. Normally the Falcons are kind of, you know, timid, yeah. especially when it comes to the playoffs or any team that's physical. I'm always expecting them to lose that game. But now I kind of can see them competing with those teams like Seattle or uh, the Baltimore Ravens yep. and yep. those teams of the world. Yeah, another guy that started looking impressive was uh, Sean Weatherspoon. Like, I, I thought he was done. Spoon! After, after <laughs> when he went to Arizona because I was like – I was like, yeah, he even, he's not even playing in Arizona, you know. So I was like, he didn't even play there, and you know they had like hurt linebackers. You know they had a safety playing middle linebacker. So at one point, so I was just like, Spoon looked great. Like he was, he held it down in linebacker, getting some hits too, and he's he's definitely gonna be like a great mentor to Campbell, and but he also can compete. Like he looks, he doesn't look anywhere. Like he looks like a young player out there, and that's like really great to have three fast. Three fast linebackers, you know, at any given point, you're going to have, like, Warlow or, you know, Warlow doing his thing. You know, he isn't the fastest, but, you know, he got the – you know, he'll get some tackles, but you got Campbell, Deion Jones. Uh, but with Spoon out there, you know, you got – you know, you don't have – it's not – he's no longer going to be, like, the only legit linebacker they have out there like they had in previous years, you know, when they had Steven Nicholas. And uh, so now it's it's an, it's an improvement. Three. <laughs> <laughs> hey, another question. He shakes his head. I, I know in training camp, like, the, the red zone offense still looked a hot mess. So, like, did you guys see any, like – Well, and they're going to have to – and Matt Ryan said that was, like, the biggest weakness he saw coming into this season, like you were saying. was, And we've always had red zone issues, and I don't understand why. The best teams – I mean, the best teams in the red zone always have at least one reliable tight end. I mean, that's a fact. So, with Jacob Tammy – I mean, what can we – he has – they're at 31 years old. I mean, I don't know how much pressure you want to put on him. And, but uh, Tololo. Tolo, yeah, and Tololo. Tolo. Yeah. <laughs> I know Julio Jones is going to have to get in the end zone more than five times. That's, nah, he will. That's, that's, that's going to be something that, that about his game that kind of worries me is that he catches all these passes. He makes big plays, but he, he doesn't really get in the end zone. He has yet to have a double-digit touchdown. Touchdown. Yeah. Uh, hmm. yeah, it's true. It's true. And even going towards the red zone, it's going to be tougher for him. to. If you don't have the running game enough, a strong enough running game, then there's it's easy for them to key on, on, on Julio in the red zone. So he that's what you see as little red zone touchdowns of him than, than uh, most of the top elite court, uh, wide receivers. Um, as – even uh, going around the league. Oh, I'm sorry. Go no ahead. problem. No problem. Uh, yeah, and I remember um, Jeremy, you was making a point a little bit earlier about the attitude. And that's something that for sure I believe that the Falcons have been missing a lot, uh, you know, a lot as of lately, particularly late in games. Because the Falcons have, have typically been a team that, you know, they can get a lead, but they can't hold it. Because teams always have this feeling of, okay, you know, their defense is always going to let up. And then all of a sudden, you know, in the fourth quarter, all of a sudden the game gets closer and closer and closer to what it is. So if they still have that instinct to where, you know, they not only can put a team down, but put a team out late in games, and that can really help, especially in the NFC, which is really, really tough. Yeah. And that's Quinn, his his imprint on this team. The second year, I think it's, the defense is going to look a lot better. Last year we just didn't have the death, honestly, you know. And but now, like you, you guys were saying, the speed that we we've brought to the squad, I mean, it's, it's going to be able to to definitely up the intensity, and he can he can trust the players more to make an impact. Um, 
Any other teams? I mean, going around the preseason, did y'all see anything else interesting? Uh, uh, RG three started. He started off strong. Had a big, big pass to Terrell Pryor, but then yeah. you know, fumbled a handoff and got picked off. But you know, that's the, <laughs> you know, that's pretty much all he has right now with uh, just Pryor and uh, Barnridge at tight end. But when uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy suspended. Uh, Josh Gordon. Yeah, yeah, yeah Josh. Gordon. Yeah, when Josh Gordon comes back, he'll that'll help him out a lot too. And if that rookie steps up and and be something, that'll be great. But and then the Patriots, they look pretty good. You know, Garoppolo did his thing. You know, he he didn't he played more than two series, and you know the Patriots defense looked good. You know, Jamie Collins ran back a touchdown. You know, definitely you know matching up with the Saints. You know, you know just like Patriots clearly are a better team. I you know I thought it'd be kind of a drop off with Brady not being out there, but you know they always find that piece. Yeah. They always find pieces, yeah. True, because the Patriots have always had this thing where it's always been in many ways, I mean, even though, you know, even though they won't when the regular season begins, they won't have Brady for the first few games, but it's always been for the most part about the Belichick system. Yeah. Because that system has been so in place and it has been such a successful system for so many years that they could probably I don't I don't know if I'm overstating this, but they could probably put one of us in quarterback and they and they still they'd still go twelve. Just let me four. hand off. I just want to know off. about that. <laughs> I'll pass. Definitely. I saw Denver's defense and I was just completely amazed. Again, it seems like they lost pieces, obviously, but it didn't even you couldn't tell. They lost pieces, but you couldn't really tell. It was still the speed. Uh, they sacked the Bears seven times, if I'm yeah. correct, and it was uh, the, just the way that they were attacking the ball. I was like, you don't have to worry at all about this defense this year. It's just strictly about Mark Sanchez and and, and then Paxton, the rookie, and even uh, Trevor Simeon, and what are they going to do with their quarterback situation there? Because, I mean, Mark had a decent game, threw a pick, had a touchdown that was kind of kind of lucky as a touchdown. But still, um, the uh, Denver, I expect them to still – they're going to make the playoffs for sure. It's just how strong are they going to look going in. <laughs> they are. I got them going to the playoffs. No, they're going to the playoffs, man. All AFC right. is too open for them just to, for them to fall off. I'm being serious. The Raiders, the Chiefs. Raiders will all, be better. They're both better they're right better. now, and they will be better than them. You, you think Denver, wait, wait, wait. So you think it's, Denver it's can't make it to the wild card? No. no. It's not even close. Oh, come oh, on. Dude. I don't trust them. With that kind of defense? No, it doesn't dude. matter. It no. does not matter. I don't trust okay. the Andy Reid team. <laughs> They make the playoffs the last three, four years, so uh, yeah. that's that's their record. Uh, they also have Albert Wilson, Panther. Yeah, well, yeah, salute. Yeah, they probably won't go past the first round. They haven't did that since like '06. So, I mean, I'm, I, they don't have to go past the first round. What yeah, I'm saying is that playoffs. I'm just saying that they will take the spot away from the Broncos. I don't know. It's just like looking at their team. You know, they got you know, you know they just Malik and with Malik gone, they got you know they plugged him. You know, they replaced him well and. You got uh, the defense and the run game. It's it's pretty much just gonna be like the same thing as last year. I mean, if anything, probably even better. You know, they have as Sanchez be like a game manager like he was when New York when he played good. You know, they're gonna be okay. I mean, like Oakland, yeah, Oakland's gonna be good, and Kansas City. You know, they they're gonna do their thing, but it's I think it's gonna be really tight. It might have two teams coming out of. The Every AFC time you North. put any type of look, look no. you put any expectations on Oakland and what we've seen before. I mean, let it, let it, let, let's watch and let's wait. I know we love Derek Carr; he has a lot of potential, and I think he can be. That's what all this. I think that's what you're kind of yeah. you're, you're you're hoping for if he plays up to what he his uh, his expectations. And yeah, they should probably be first or second in that I division. Mean, but but still, we gotta wait, man. I'm not giving it to him. Not the Super so, Bowl champions. Not the, no. I know Peyton's yeah, gone, yeah, but Peyton yeah, yeah. wasn't hold, even hold on, really. Wait, wait, hold on. To Eric's defense. Like he was about to say, they they did it without Peyton. Last That's what I'm about they, to say. I mean, say. They, they did it with they, they got to the Super Bowl with some guy named Brock Osweiler, and then Peyton Manning threw like three, like Thank what? You. That's he all threw was, like yeah, three passes in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I mean, but like at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, no matter what we say in the rest of this debate, let me read you something from August 2015. I'm gonna just I read you about the headline. To spit bars for a minute. <laughs> Tom Brady <laughs> isn't really looking like Tom Brady this season. This preseason. And they're talking about the fact that Tom Brady threw two interceptions already against the Panthers. Ooh, Tom Brady was going to have uh, a rough Panthers. season in 2015. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was the runner-up of the MVP. Uh, coming into last season. Oh, oh. He's talking about coming into last season. Remember oh, last the Falcons oh, yeah. or some team 
went four and zero undefeated in the preseason, oh, and they right, were yeah. absolute trash in the regular season. <laughs> so as we talk about this and we debate this over fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, let's remember. Drop the V. <laughs> thank you. Let's remember that this is a preseason, and it doesn't matter. Look at that. Look at him setting everybody straight. Well, uh, hey, on point. that note. I'm about to high-five Rashad. Right? <laughs> that was a great point, Rashad. Let's go to the NBA schedule that released just a couple of days ago. We got to talk about our Hawks, man. Um, what do we see from the first early schedule or even what big game did you guys uh, that popped out to you all? January 13th. <laughs> we playing? <laughs> We're playing Alice and the Boston Trail. Alice! <laughs> what happened at? Alice, that is Al Horford, if you guys don't know what he's referencing. We're going to yeah. show up, we're going to white him out, and we're going to boo. And he, <laughs> he he complained there was no fan support. Well, there's going to be fan support for you, buddy. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to be there for you. Oh, boy. We're going to be there. We're going to tell you how we feel about you, buddy. We'll see you in January, Alice. Have a Merry Christmas. That Alice thing is so disrespectful. Oh, my God. Hey, yo. I'm really excited for the Rockets game on November 5th. If, you know, just to see Dwight go against his old team, just to see if he's really – because, he, you know, he's going to probably try to pull up a quadruple double against the Rockets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then yeah. the next game, just to like, chill out, yeah. Yeah, we got, no, they got the Cavaliers next game after the Rockets. So. They play Cleveland, and then they play what? They, well, they play the Bulls after that, right after that, right? Yeah, they play the Bulls after the Cavaliers. After the yeah. Cavaliers, yeah. Then they got the Sixers. Then they got <laughs> – okay, that's a win. We'll take, and then we got the Knicks on the 20th, and we got the Warriors on the 28th. Now, just early on from Dwight, I know – Personally, I want to see all this attention that he's getting on what him and Shorter could do on the pick and roll. All the pressure he's going to put on the rim. How's it going to open up for shooters? So early on, how the offense is going to work with him and Millsap should be uh, – that's what I'm looking forward to, uh, to see Jared how they got to mesh. <laughs> yeah. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Millsap. <laughs> <laughs> Trillsap. Shout out, shout out to Trillsap. That's but look, overrated. I honestly, oh, I, I swear, like Millsap must have given Jeremy an autograph or something. I know. What's <laughs> wrong with you with Millsap, man? He's like the nicest dude. He's just average, man. We, he's just we, average. We just act like he's so good, man. Because we're Hawks fans. Because he is. <laughs> he's not good. Because he, he Paul Millsap is a good basketball player. He, no, he's I've, not. I've watched this man for two, three seasons he's now. Good. You cannot tell me he's not a good basketball. He's an he's NBA. good in Utah. He's in the NBA. He's, he's been he's a good, good basketball he's player. Good. But he's Paul not. Millsap has been a good basketball he's player. He's not an all-star. He's not, not an all-star. He, he averages all like 17 and 7 on the team that everybody, that everybody that. averages 15 I'm, points. I'm, I'm playing. I'm, I'm, is that supposed to impress me? <laughs> <laughs> What's good Paul by Hawks standards is not necessarily Paul, good by a lot of you. other team standards. Because Hawks fans, I mean, we're so used to, like, what would be considered mediocrity yeah. on a lot was, of was he not good on Utah? Great on was, Atlanta. Was Paul Millsap not a good basketball player when he, he was is. on the Utah he Jazz? Was. No, yeah. no, I'm not. But he do he forget? Do we, we forget why? just because he's on the Hawks? Why are we celebrating a second best player? Like he was the second best player on Utah. Because we're Hawks fans. I just said that. Because look, man, we've had we have a history. Utah was a playoff team. I get what you're saying, but we have a history of not supporting talent when it's here and then when it's gone. They flourish elsewhere. Uh, like, let's not do that again. Yeah. Like, let's learn our lesson. Right. And this time we have somebody who's as good as – he's the most one of the most versatile power forwards in the league. Uh, we should actually celebrate that. And I mean, for right. as long as he's going to be here, because we don't know how long, how much longer that is, but right. let's actually celebrate it while he's here. I'm not a hot fan, I would, by the I way. I really wish it was this summer it was over. It's, it's not, I mean, it's, it doesn't impress me. Paul Jeremy, Millsap Jeremy, is a good Jeremy basketball player. Like, Jeremy was like Josh Smith. Are you no, like, I didn't like Josh Smith either. I thought he was overrated. So, 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 who's a better power forward in the league than Paul Millsap? Name five power forwards better than Paul Millsap. Blake Griffin, Draymond Green. You can't Chris do Bosch, it. Uh, Chris Bosh. Oh yeah, he Chris Bosh. Um, Chris Chris Bosh today isn't better LaMarcus than Paul Aldridge. Millsap. Okay. He averaged twenty and ten when he was healthy. La- Lamarcus Aldridge on the Spurs is not better than Paul Millsap. He is. Derek Faye. I did. I disagree with that, but he yeah. is. LaMarcus, he can, did you see LaMarcus, the playoffs? LaMarcus, no, I know. I saw that, no. I'm, but, but overall. Did you see, did you see oh. Paul Millsap disappear for the last four playoffs? No, come on, man. He didn't. Not the last four? Maybe last three. However, <laughs> how, how long <laughs> has he been come in on, bro. Uh, About three years. Okay. The he, he, he hasn't. He hasn't disappeared. The Pacers. He, he scored, he scored forty score. points. He scored forty points but against in Boston game, in Game Five in on game, the road. No, look. I say this. Seven. Look. But, I, I say mean, this, Game Four. Oh, I say this. The only difference, like Dwight coming here, what when I was like the first thing I thought about when I saw Dwight when he signed was all right. You can think about Millsap and Dwight, similar to DeAndre and Blake Griffin. I say Blake Griffin with Millsap. Only difference with Blake Griffin and no. Millsap is the size. No, no, no. But listen, Man, the only difference is the, is the size with them because Millsap would be 
just as get you know just as much as attention. Me and David talk about it all the time. I think he would get more attention if he was a little bit more flashy, if he was bigger. That's what Blake has. But I think Millsap is just as skillful as Blake as far as being a passer, being able to shoot from all over, which Blake can't even shoot like Millsap yeah. can. But DeAndre, I say DeAndre and Dwight is just what they can do defensively and change. Like they're both not the best offensive weapons you have. But that whole tandem that Blake and and um, and DeAndre have in, in the Clippers is definitely pretty similar to what Atlanta could do with these two here. It, that's that's a great point, man. But my my whole issue with having Paul Millsap, <laughs> he said he said I don't care about <laughs> no, none of that. No, you guys are gonna understand what I'm saying. All right, what I'm saying is, is that you know in all in the off season when Hawks go to free, big free agents like mm. uh, Kevin Durant or whoever it is, mm-hmm. when they go to pitch to these guys, they say, well, we could pair you with Paul Millsap. What does that do for free agents? They're just like. Who, who is that? Like, who, who is that? I, I don't. I'm not excited. Ask one of them power forwards in the league if they know who Paul. Mill- they know who Paul Millsap is because he's a tough cover. Well, but if he's a tough cover, they can't come to replace him because they know how good he is. But other players <laughs> won't know him as a player. Like Kevin Durant. When you tell Kevin Durant, "Hey, come play with Paul," that Millsap, wasn't going to get him to come here. Yeah, obviously. he was. He was like, no. Nah. Uh, you don't you don't have anybody else? Yeah. Uh, can can you get me somebody else to go with me? I'm sure we told him Teague, but that was he probably laughed. He laughed. Yes, and they said, okay, well, we'll trade Teague. Yeah. No, that's can you can you can you play with Schroeder? You mean your backup point guard? No, bye. I'm going to Golden State where I actually have talent to play around me. No, he's not. Millsap's not going to attract a whole bunch of free agents, that's and that's not issue. his. Intent. No, that's fine. But who I mean, has but, in Atlanta but, really? But, but until we got Dwight, that's the whole him. point of people why we're excited him. about Dwight yeah, because yeah, he's finally right? got somebody who could possibly, even though he's 30 and he's had those injuries. But who could possibly attract people to come to Atlanta? It's the first time we've ever. Had he's it. a huge star. Dwight Howard is a huge, you know, he's a huge star. Probably, probably not superstar no. Superman like no, what no. he used to yeah. be mm-hmm. when he was on Orlando. But at least he's still, a, at least he's still a pretty big star and a pretty big name. That alone is enough to get Atlanta fans excited because they need something to be excited about, yeah. especially after losing Alice. Yeah, and then even on top of that, <laughs> I love how we go. <laughs> you had somebody for once that actually wanted to come to Atlanta. When has that happened? Unless they come in here to party, man. Like Real nobody's coming here ball. unless they want to play ball. I mean, like you're not seeing that. So I'm happy that Dwight actually chose that. Hey, he had other options. He could have went elsewhere to get you know the contract, a big contract as well. Right. But he chose to come to Atlanta. I give him that. Over Boston. Over Boston. Okay. All right. Look, looking around the uh, rest of the NF, uh, NBA schedule, what else did you guys see that, that stood out to you? Oh, man. Uh, well, games? staying on the Hawks. Oh, you want to stay on the Hawks? Go ahead. I'm telling you, the last game of the season, Jeff Teague is going to have the game oh, of God. his life. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But the, 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 the Pacers and the Hawks are going to be fighting for a seeding position because they're going to be in that two to eight game, range in the matter. East. Whereas, like, up for grabs, I'm telling you, Jeff Teague is going to have the game of his life against his former team for playoff implications. It could determine if the Hawks get home court or not. I'll say that right now. What is it, August? I'll say that in August. August. I don't trust Jeff. I mean, I know Paul going to bring it. Yeah, but Jeff, you know, he disappears sometimes. Like, he he disappears, like, game sevens. It don't matter what what game it is. Like, he's just not there mentally. Yeah. Remember playoff Teague a couple years ago? Yeah, no, of course. No, no, that's fine. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about Jeff Teague on, with us? Or, or, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, call, they called him playoff Teague. Like, he had the oh, When he had that great, yeah, when he yeah. did, he balled out yeah. against Indiana. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he, he did the Jordan shrug. Yeah, fourth quarter on the bench. <laughs> hey, we can't. We, that, that we've seen it long enough where we can't. As far as far as Hawks fans go, they're not going to be they're not going to get tricked by Jeff Teague anymore. Indiana yeah. will be new to that. They'll figure out what we had to go through all these years. By that time, he'll be, what, 30s? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it won't even matter. So. It won't even matter by then. On also, the also about, with T. Oh yeah, yeah. Go on ahead, the bit about the subject on the on the schedule release, there are two things that I really want to, that I'm really looking forward to. When Kevin Durant and Golden State return, when he returns to Oklahoma City, well, baby. and also February 11th, when February 11th. when Chicago plays Miami in Miami, because that's Dwayne Wade's return to Miami. That's another big one. And what I want to see is the compare and contrast. How Miami fans are going to react to Dwayne Wade coming back to Miami, and how Oklahoma City fans are going to react to Kevin Durant reacting to Oklahoma City. Yep. they're going to cheer Wade yeah, in Miami for the because of the of the circumstances of his of his departure. Yes. But the circumstances of Kevin Durant's departure, he pretty much just said, "Bye bye, Oklahoma City. I gave you all these good years, yep. but I, but I'm not turning down the opportunity to play with Curry." And Thompson no. and Draymond Green, no way. And Snake. they 
booed him for that. They're going to yeah. boo him for that. Yeah, they didn't feel sp- – they, they obviously – the difference is, like you said, the championships way brought to them. And he f- was pretty much a part of that whole city. Like, they embraced him like he was a son. He stayed there all those years. He fought through. Even when they had the down years, when they didn't give him enough talent, he was still very competitive. He still played hard every single game. Yeah. It's totally different right. when you have, like you said, Durant, who, on the other hand, just got eliminated by the same team he's going to go join, which we have never seen in NBA. I don't know when's the last time we saw that in NBA history where you literally have just as much talent or, you know, you were up 3-1 and you still go face, you still go join that team. So, small I market. Get what you're saying. Yeah. They got to feel the small market blues big time in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep. Uh, I can't wait to see uh, OKC uh, when Durant goes back to OKC because he's just. Yeah. I just want to know how petty Russell Wilson. Re- I mean, Rus- uh, Russell Westbrook Russell really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Russell Wilson could be petty, petty too. <laughs> Russell Wilson is going to be the future. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just want to see how petty Russell petty Westbrook, Westbrook could be because I don't think he's going to speak to Kevin Durant and he's just going to save it all for that night. And he- Remember, uh, Remember when Ray that, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garnett, yeah. yeah. That was the best, dude. I was like, Garnett, like, I didn't even see you on the bench, man. I was happy. I was like, that's how you should be. Don't say nothing. to This is basketball. Everybody else was hugging Ray Allen, he said, man, hey, you ain't text me since July, fam. Yeah, what's up, man? New number. Ain't family right. no more. New yeah, that's the same kind of attitude Russell Westbrook has. So I, I, I just can't wait for that. And like King was saying, uh, Chicago and uh, Miami. But I, I, I feel like they're like King was saying, their their reaction is gonna be a lot different than it yeah. was for the OKC and Golden State thing. Uh, they could be the, the NBA has really dropped the ball. Yeah, they they could have they had a lot of storylines and stuff they could have put on holidays and. Big yeah. games, like so people you know, you, you can make MLK Day a bigger day than what it is, but you know, yeah, you got MLK Day in New York. <laughs> yeah, and then they moved it out of Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. I, that it's made no sense to me. So it's just it's, no it's, it's, it's what you do in Atlanta, like yeah. like you go to the MLK Center and then you walk to the Hawks game. There you go. That's what you do. That's, that's yeah. MLK Day in Atlanta. I look forward to seeing um, Atlanta and Boston in Boston. Just to. Just to see like Atlanta go in a hostile environment. Is Shooter gonna get booed again? We're, nah. gonna, we're gonna show up there too, Alice. We're not. We're, we're not afraid to travel, Alice. <laughs> we're coming for you, Alice, Alice in the Wonderland. Yeah, it's gonna be really surreal. You know, they heralded him as the, their superstar, and, and just to see Dwight go one on one with him in that environment, because you know Atlanta, you know they should bring it. And, but you know to be in Boston where they hype up you know real fans and and you know hostile environment I just you know that'd be a good statement game just to go in there and beat them in there you know go to you know because Boston constantly hypes themselves up you know they go in people's houses and beat them like they're the only they say they're the only team to beat Cleveland and go to state in their own arena so Minnesota know. Minnesota almost did the same thing exactly that's what I'm looking forward to, honestly, how they start off the season in Minnesota with all these – see all these workouts. Every Last time we saw the same thing with Wiggins and, and um, um, Levine. Uh, Zach Levine. Zach, Le, Zach Levine? Yeah, I, I think it could be the same yeah, thing so as an look- oh, OKC thing. Yes. Because I remember, uh, like, I just watched last night. They, they had this, like, funny thing of Melo. He passed out on the floor. And, like, they, they kept playing, and it was OKC, and then they showed the playoff standings, and OKC was number eight. I was like, I, I, for, I remember that. Blah, blah, blah. I forgot about that. Like, OKC, like, built it up from yeah. that playoffs to AFC to contenders. And I think that's where we are with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And you got Tibbs coming in with the defensive principles, man. It's, right. yeah. And I think that's good for these young that players right now. Kid. What they need. Yeah, this is what they need right now. You got yeah. KG, which I, they don't know if he's still going to retire. I, I feel like he's going to have some type of position in the organization. But he'll I, still be there to I'm help out. i to have him just on the roster as an yeah. extra coach, the, basically. Exactly. The right – uh, Assistant psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, assistant I have a psychotic trainer. The boxer, because we know KG throw blows. I have man. a question before we move on. Right. Uh, why did Boston get 22 <laughs> national televised games and the Hawks had – When the Hawks – 16. 16, which is more than normal for them. Boston is the beloved, man, by the whole nation. Yeah, but what I, what I don't yeah. get is why, why ESPN all of a loves sudden, Boston They sports. do. Why all of a sudden they say, oh, well, now we can show off our star Al Horford. Yeah, I know. They've been really excited about Al. The Hawks yeah. have had Al Ho for, what, what 10, Since oh seven. 10 years? Yeah. Almost. Uh, but, you know, we, the Hawks barely get on TV. So Because yeah. yeah. the Hawks how, how don't he, have how a star. Is he, how is Al Horford a star now? The Hawks don't have a star. But Al Horford's a star because <laughs> Boston got him. This is Boston fan, people. I mean, look, the oh, thing God. about them is they're able to sell their whole – 
a heritage <laughs> to them. Like, seriously, I don't know how we can't sell that here. So it's like Al going there, bring IT. They got a young squad. They well, got I Brad mean, Stevens, the most beloved coach right now. So it's yeah. like that's easy to sell to people who want to watch. Everybody thinks Boston's pretty excited. They are pretty excited. I mean, I give them that. But I, to your point, I don't. I didn't get it, it was 22 games of television. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To me, that's a big leap from last year. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty surprised. I mean, it would be the same thing if they were – if Al Horford will have gone to the Lakers – because again, the Lakers had that same heritage that you were just talking about. Eric. Yeah, they, oh, they got that same heritage, yeah. just like Boston. Yeah, yeah and not yeah. to mention ESPN is like, like you said, Jeremy, and like you said, Rashad, only a hop, skip, and a jump away from Boston. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Lakers are honestly, even though they're a young team, they're more exciting to watch because they have young talent. I, I like watching the Lakers. Yeah. I can't even lie. Like I like watching them last year when they were really bad. Boston's just a boring team to watch right now. Honestly, like I mean, well to us, yeah. They, but they, were, they were boring last year, and now they got a boring player. And yeah, he's even Al more Horford. boring than what they had. Al, uh, hey man, I know we're throwing a lot of balls to you. You still my dog. It's I, not on the court. It is pretty exciting to watch. I don't know what, about you guys, but yeah. I actually, I watch Boston for it. I'm a big fan of yeah, it. I like it too. They're fun I to hate, watch. I hate that dude. Man, that dude, the he, toughness, he, he punched, man. He punched Dennis Shooter in the face. He did He's that. A jerk. That's what we want to see, man. We want to see that like it's the 80s again. It's a jerk. <laughs> well, Alice is a bigger one. IT, you're a jerk. I'm also looking at them Knicks, man, as well. Oh, yeah, that'd be good you team know? to watch. Yeah, they don't have much of a bench yet right now. They only got uh, Jennings coming off there, which I think is a good position yeah, for Lance him to be. Thomas. Um, let's see. Who okay. That? Yeah. They New got York Brandon player. Jennings. <laughs> no, they, no, 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 but they're top heavy right now. But I just want to see how. Hopefully, like Przingis, his growth isn't stumped this year. We're trying to figure out how this man. chemistry's got to work. Because he got his coach. He, yeah, yeah, sure. They <laughs> Phil, Phil even said like why they wait, why they let Fisher go last year because he felt like he was playing to too many individuals. He was training too many individuals, which I didn't quite understand. But um, they still got a follow. So they still got a follow. No, nah, he's on the Kings. Nope. He oh. Yeah, because yeah, he, he was balling against the Hawks. I like a follow. He needs to be on an yeah, actual contender, man. Against <laughs> <laughs> Carter. Yeah, but now with, with D. Rose and seeing how he's going to adjust to Carmelo, I want to see how that's going to work first it's off. Not, but It's, it's going to be – yo, I know, but I you got to – for for Melo, finally have a point guard since the last one he's had since Chauncey. I mean, elite caliber point guard. Yeah. Jason that's Kidd. That's kind of a little bit of hope. You, who? Jason Kidd. No. No, not at that point. That was basically Coach Jason. Kidd. Yeah, but, but that was, that, that that was the best team. That was the best team. Oh yeah, it 2012 was. team. Oh, that was yeah. the best team. He had Jeremy Lin. Uh, I don't. What was Chauncey Billups on that team? I don't think Chauncey no, Billups Chauncey was on that team. No, no, they, they, they basically replaced. So, so, yeah, they replaced him. So, they so, let BD so go say too. The the point guard, Jason Kidd was his best point guard in New York. Yeah, New York. Yeah. Wow. Oh, in New York. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm about to say. Yeah. When you think about it. Yeah, it was. Damn. At 30, what he's like 36 or so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. That was an old team. That's what I think. And even uh, we're gonna talk about Mel a little bit later. Um, Let's get into the. We've been watching the Olympics, man, and seeing all this greatness from the black athletes, man. How does it? How proud has it made you guys feel, man? It's definitely something to make you know to make you feel proud because just the fact that. You know, we're seeing you're seeing black representation, whether it's you know, whether it's Simone Manuel or Simone Biles. I mean, just the you know, just the fact to see, you know, that representation get put on a grand stage and just to see just anything to see, you know, black athletes in a positive light. I think that more so than anything else is really the thing that really just makes it, you know, really uplifting for mm-hmm. so many, not only, you know, not only for us, but also for young you know, young, you know, young blacks who want to like be that in that same in that same uh, category. Like, you know, young African-American girls are looking up now to Simone Biles yeah. and Simone Manuel. That's who that's who they're looking up to. Just like in Lo- just like four years ago in London, they were looking up to Gabby Douglas. They still are now. Yeah. But just seeing positive images of African-American athletes can never go wrong with that. No, never no, go wrong. No. with that. And Simone Manuel was talking about that. She felt coming into to this tournament here that. I mean, I felt the pressure. She made that quote that she felt the pressure from the black community to upheld, you know, to kind of make us proud. And she said, I didn't want that, but she also had to embrace it. That's what's beautiful about it. She did speak out against the police brutality because she said it comes along with my territory. It comes yeah. along with who I am. This is my skin tone. This is who I am. This is where my family's from. All those things. This is my heritage. So that made me proud hearing her speak out on that. Um, and like you were saying, it's it's giving inspiration to, to black Americans, African-Americans everywhere. The, to take part in, in other sports, you know, aquatics, fencing, even um, 
no matter no matter what background you have, we have one fencer that was if Tahij Muhammad. She was um, um, she she does she is Muslim and she had struggles growing up about it. Uh, being that what her a lot of the outfits she could not wear, a lot of the jerseys she could not wear, like softball or volleyball or tennis, um, because of her hijab. So that made me really proud seeing that as well. Like you bring religion into this factor as well. How how we've made big strides in, in that regard. Um, Can we drop a bomb for Eric pronouncing that name correctly? I worked on that for so long. That was <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, that was great, man. He, he, he just said, right, she seen you. Was uh, you know, she was wearing right. her. And I was like, wow, man. He, no, like, I mean, because, no, nah, it's, it, it's very impressive. He looked yes, at me like, yeah. but no, it was cool. Go ahead, dude. Eric was on time with that one. <laughs> First time. Oh, my God. <laughs> No man, but I Eric's was, so late, man. I was I was really impressed with uh you know uh, seeing black athletes doing sports you know that wouldn't typically be something that we would always see like we wouldn't we haven't seen a black woman win you know individually in swimming, swimming yeah. like that 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 was I never would have imagined that that was like still hadn't has been a sport that no black woman has ever won before yeah so when Simone Manuel won that I was really really proud of that moment I was. Yeah, that and was she, that was huge for us to kind of for for black people to kind of do sports that aren't really typically. I mean, I guess you know, basketball, football. But it's out of the it's out of, it's the, out norm, of the norm, really. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. That, I was and really she paid respect that. to other people like uh, Martiza McClendon, who uh, I think she won silver back in '04. Um, so I was I was very impressed by that. Giving paying homage. Peter Westbrook is another guy who was fencing in 1984. Who won a silver? If I'm not, if I'm, I'm pretty correct on that. So she she gave a lot of these people that won. They gave they paid homage to those before them, and those people who before them are also still doing clinics, trying to get African Americans involved in different kind of sports like fencing and swimming, um, because like you're saying, it's it's because these sports the difficult part about them and they're not so accessible. You know, it's like yeah. you can just go pick up a ball, soccer. You can just go. You know, these are like really pretty cheap sports. You can you know you can do anybody. Yeah. It's affordable. So these other sports here are pretty difficult. So I, I definitely I I was most most impressed by that. Uh, Simone Biles too, which is amazing. Uh, f- she hasn't lost an event since 2013, and they're already saying she might be the greatest gymnast of all time. I was speaking with somebody who she used to be a gymnast herself now, um, and she said this she's the best she's seen. And this lady has watched gymnasts over countless hours, and she's participated herself. She said I haven't seen anybody this good and. Coming from going from Gabrielle to Simone, there's a trend going, you know, like it's gonna, and I feel like it's gonna keep continuing to rise. Um, go ahead. You just made a, you just made an excellent point. The last two Olympics, even going back to London, the last two Olympics, the faces of USA gymnastics have been black women. Exactly. First Gabby Douglas in 2012, now Simone Biles this year. Hey, but but they want to try so hard to make it about Ali Raisman. I know, right? And even talking about, still talking about Gabby's hair. I mean, these right. subjects oh my that I cannot. Oh, oh, don't get me started on her. Don't get me started on all this stuff that they are saying about Gabby Douglas' hair. They were saying the same stuff after after London. Honestly and truthfully, if y'all gonna go in on Gabby Douglas' hair, maybe you have your own hair issues oh, that you oh, probably oh, have to go oh, ahead and come on. He said, check your edges, get your edges right, right later. Check before you wreck yourself, before you start getting on the hair of an Olympian. Keem don't Uh-oh. play, man. That's why I'm having Keem back. Hey, Keem is back, man. Wow. I love hey. it, man. But, but like, that, I mean, that that's like, that's why the Simone Manuel thing is so great. You know, also, like, just thinking about the stereotypes, not just a black people but a black woman like uh you know black people don't get in the uh pool because we don't know how to swim (laughs) and then black women don't get in the pool because they don't know how to swim and they don't want to get their hair wet so am i stating the facts like all right so so like so so the fact that there was a black woman to win individually a gold medal that's such a huge thing for us yeah, yeah, yeah that was the emotion we got from her after that that post game, uh, not post game, that press, um, that interview right after right, right. she swam was just beautiful, man. Right. You see the tears, and she was just like, "This meant more. This was bigger than her." That's what she was pretty much trying to tell everybody that she hopes little girls are inspired. We saw pictures. I saw a couple on Twitter and whatnot that was little one year olds, two year olds trying to balance on a one of them yeah. trying to bounce on a pole. One of them was watching her as she swam. So it was like, this is how it's going to start, you know, and, and that's beautiful. It's so amazing because 
so many of these athletes that are in the Olympics, they're so young. Like, so many of them are only yeah, true, teenagers. True. So yeah. many of them are only teenagers. Yeah. A lot of responsibility for young people like yeah. that. And they, are, most, all of them have handled it, like, beautifully. Beautifully. Yeah, yeah. Especially uh, Simone Biles and Simone Manuel. They, they've mm-hmm. really been great. S- Simone said, I'm not Michael Phelps. I'm not uh, Usain Bolt. I'm Simone Biles. Like, that's a big statement when she said that. Yeah. And, yeah. And so it's like, and you got them embracing it, and we're still calling on athletes from some other sports that are right here in, in some of the major sports like football and basketball, we're asking them to speak out. And you got these two young women that's that's just can't wait to speak out on issues like right. police brutality, uh, race issues. So oh, one, one thing, uh, Simone, I don't know if she's spoken out on it before. Probably has. But uh, what about her teammate? On the men's side at Stanford, you know, with the whole rape thing. Oh boy, I did not. Wait, who is? She, Simone uh, Manuel's from from Stanford. Yeah, I know she's from Stanford. And she's a swimmer. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know, the so team, so yeah. on the men's swimming team in Stanford, you know, yeah. I'm the sure whole she feels thing. strong about that. Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, for sure. I just wanna. You know. So um, even though we we also this week was it was tough for a lot of uh, sports writers like ourselves, journalists or whatnot. Uh, with the passing of John Saunders, um, said the wife found him not breathing that night, tried to rush him to the hospital, didn't make it. Um, it John Saunders was like, when I see him and, and I think Stuart Scott and them, you know, like we automatically think about those two because they were like the beginning when it comes to ESPN and they were that foundation. Losing them and, and, that, and that what they did for us as far as black men, the inspiration we got. Um, John Saunders has some really good interviews all the time. He was on Outside the Lines, um, sports writers, uh, also that show there. So uh, this weekend was it was just a shock because you look at him, it's like he looked good. Look, he was in great shape. There was no problem there. But they did say the wife did say that up you know up until that day he said he wasn't feeling well. Um, but yeah, what did you guys feel about the passing of John Saunders and maybe ins- any inspiration as far as personally he gave you? Man, um, John Saunders, man, sports reporters, like, whenever you play hooky from church on Sunday mornings, man, sports reporters come on at 10 a.m., and John Saunders is always there every Sunday, man, so mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's going to be weird without him. And uh, one of the other things that stood out for me, like, that I remember is, like, I think he used to do NBA Tonight, and, uh, yeah, yeah. and, and he, he did it the night of the brawl in uh, Detroit. And, like, right. right after that, he yeah. just went off on, like, this uh, one-minute rant. i never seen it from a host <laughs> before. But he was like, you're a bunch of sissies. How could you punch a man from behind? And it was just like, wow, man. i never seen, seen that, that from, from him. him. Yeah, uh. yeah, from, from anyone on ESPN, the yeah. host on air. Like, so, like, he, he definitely, like, stood up for what he believed in. He was, in the, uh, you know, one of the uh, founding members of the Jimmy Fee Foundation. Okay. You know, and then, you know, it's so many divas in uh, journalism, like, to, to open you guys up to what goes on behind the scenes as a journalist. Like, you know, you see these people on TV and then you might be like uh, looking your entire life to meeting them. And then you meet them and then you're like, hey, man, I'm trying to do the same thing you're doing. There's so many, so many spots for us as black journalists out here. And um, a lot of them can just be Hollywood and be like. Oh, man, you know, yeah, whatever, yeah, give me your card, yeah, and, uh, you know, nonchalant about it. And John Saunders, according to, like, a lot of people on ESPN and the people that just attended NABJ uh, a couple weeks ago in D.C., you know, said that he was a guy that took the time out to mentor everybody and he was genuine about it, so. No, and that's that's so true, which you hinted on there. Like, I, I even experienced that this season with the Hawks. I mean, I'm not going to say any names, but big-time reporter, uh, he's been on the ESPN, NBA TV, and all that kind of stuff. I had a chance of meeting him, and I was introduced to him, and he pretty, like you said, it was a big snub. And he wasn't wasn't trying to give me any advice, wasn't trying to talk about anything. He was just like, oh, okay, cool, whatever, bye. You know, it lasted literally two seconds, and I've looked up to this dude for, for years. So, like you said, Saunders being so real and all the accounts that everybody said about how he really actually cared, especially about, those you know black reporters black writers everywhere he would he told Jamel Hill and and Michael Smith that he was always watching them that he was always seeing how they were doing and and you seeing that him watching like those like Stephen A Stephen A said he mentored him as well so he was always keeping a close eye on um, black journalists everywhere and trying to support them yeah, as a young African American journalist using him losing him um, you know that's it's always hard. You know, especially with him. You know, Stuart Scott last year, and then having him you yeah, know, this year, yeah. and then, I mean, he kind of stood for that. 
he was a former athlete, so he kind of had, you know, he always had the knowledge of the sports, mm-hmm. and he really had gave great insights, and you know, he kind of represented that uh, being able to work with somebody and also take an interest in their development as well. Yeah, like as you know, African American journalists, like having that. That's that's kind of how that spirit, the spirit of what he stood for, is kind of what brought us together. Is that exactly. I mean, you know, sharing. You know, sharing common interests with somebody that looks like you, that kind of brings you together and kind of work together. So that so that really I'm, – I'm glad he was able to kind of spread that message and yeah. get that out around the people because that, that's – that's like they were saying, that's – it's hard that's because true. a lot of people will snub you and, and you won't even really get to – there's, there's no opportunity for advancement because people are in their position so they feel and like they're, they're not good. not looking to help you out. This yeah. guy was – you know, more than willing to give knowledge where to the younger generation, and that's 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 huge. And he was also really versatile too. I just want to add that in there, just about him and Tariko and they could, the way they can talk about all kinds of sports as if they, they were experts, which they are experts, but you know, expert in pretty much so many different kinds of sports. Which that's also another inspiration for everybody to try to do different things, try to do a little bit of everything. Don't just single yourself in one lane. Um, go ahead, King. Absolutely, absolutely. And one thing that um, that I guess a lot of people for sure know, in, in addition, as far as John Saunders is concerned, <laughs> is that in addition to him being a well-respected um, black journalist on states in the states, he was also, you know, he also had a lot of cachet as well in Canada. So being able to not only have that respect, not only in the United States but also Canada, given his, you know, giving his background, you know, coming from, you know, coming from Canada, and then you know, being able to, you know, become the kind of you know, become the person and the journalist that he was able to establish his name like that in the United States as well. That, you know, that, again, is just like, you know, just like, you know, what Jeremy was saying, you know, about, you know, you know, John Saunders, Stuart Scott, black journalists like that, you know, we all we all looked up to. We yeah. watched ESPN. And, you know, when we see when we saw those faces, those are the ones that you know, really made us want to want to pursue. And, you know, so for like you said, just like you said, Jeremy, I mean, Losing, you know, losing him is, you know, it's it's a tough one. It yeah. really is a tough one. They made ESPN very special. Uh, before that, ESPN was trying to add a, a little bit of more flair and, and that because they were kind of cookie cutter before that. But Stuart Scott and this guy here, they added so much flair to, to ESPN. They made it more exciting to watch. Um, David, anything? Are you good? <laughs> I just didn't want to skip you, man. Well, go ahead. Well, I didn't watch sports reporters like that, but I've read up on John Saunders, and uh, he's he's had a pronounced impact. Like I wish, I wish I actually would have seen him actually live. Now, was, thankfully, I can find his stuff on the internet, but I can definitely see just the impact he's had on on black journalists throughout, on different, you know, as well as famous and you know the ones coming up. It's, it really makes you want to appreciate um, the. The legends that we have now, like we really have to appreciate, you know, our our journalists now because you know tomorrow's not guaranteed. So, you know, it's definitely gonna inspire me to really take a look at who you know our black you know black journalists on the on the TV, radio, and all that because uh, you know it's it's not that many in the industry, and we really got to appreciate why we have them. Yeah, 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 Saunders. Saunders will definitely be missed, and um, his imprint is is exactly I love what. What you said, Jeremy, was like, that's exactly why we're here right now. So what he did is is proof to, to right now um, and going forward. So, Mr. Saunders, thank you for all you've done for us. Uh, we much really appreciate it. Uh, let's, let's get on to uh, uh, we talked about a little bit earlier with, with Melo. And, and we hinted at that with winning. A, he said some comments this week that were <laughs> – that were kind of shocking, but really not by the way his career has gone. But uh, Melo talked about he would be okay with his career ending if he did not win a title because he has gold medals. Uh, <laughs> what did we first think when Melo said this, man? The most mellow thing that could have been said. It is very mellow. It's only, only Melo could say Gosh. this. I got my money. I got to play on a team <laughs> with a bunch of great people. That, they basically carried me through the first two, and I got two easy gold medals, and now I can just come out and score 30 in a game that did not mean anything because if they lose in the knockout round, you know, they, yeah, they yeah. still don't win anything. So, But 
that's mellow, man. That's mellow. I I, I, I can't even act like Show I'm surprised me. or even be mad or be sad. That's mellow. So my, here's my here's okay. And even going into this era, or if you remember, Dwight said last year, even though he got eliminated, he talked about he was still a champion after Warriors got rid of them quickly. <laughs> And then you saw LeBron James <laughs> talk about LeBron said that title and wing, uh, rings don't tell the whole story. And then you got KD speaking up for Harden uh, this summer saying that he's underappreciated. And then that pretty much leads into why, for me, it creates this whole culture where it makes KD comfortable enough to, all right, I can, let me go ahead and go to the Warriors. My, my legacy mm-hmm. won't be tarnished. So it's like now what we're what we're like building here is just this culture of it's not you're not being accountable for for as far as for for Melo is your talent, your third overall pick, you're one of the greatest scorers we've seen and you're holding yourself to a, a totally different standard than everybody else is and and you have to accept that. LeBron accepted it. And if you're that great, you got to accept what the expectations are. You guys everybody gets on Chris Paul um for he's not winning him and Melo and Dwight, the three people who are still haven't won yet. But Chris Paul, I'm telling you this, that that's never coming out of his mouth. He's never going to say I'm okay with how my career has gone. It's just he's he's more competitive to me than these two anyway. But still, he's not going to make these comments here that everything will be okay even if I'm done right now because dude, you got a million, you got a 124 million dollar contract over five years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're not paying you just to look good and and make. A couple big games here and there, a couple of maybe forty point games, whatever that is. That's not what you're paid to. You're paid to win championships. I, mean, I, re- I respect him, you know, being proud of representing his country. But like you were saying, that's not who signs his checks. Exactly. He's, exactly. It's the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. The Knicks sign his checks. So. <clears throat> I mean, I'm a big Carmelo fan, and it, it really it really gets hard to defend him at this point because <laughs> it's just like, um, you know, you can say his time in Denver. You know, he only he never really had a. Uh, true All Star outside of uh, Chauncey Billups, yep. which I understand. Yep. AI. And then you know, AI didn't really fit well. Well, you know, then he went to New York, and you know they could say like he really hasn't had like that true number two player there either. Mm-hmm. And um, you know now it's just like you know he he's ruined, he ruined poor Amari Stoudemire's career. And he's like, oh, he's gonna go to Chicago and win a championship, but it was like, no, nah, I'm gonna stay. And then he took the big money contract. And it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, he's, you know, he's, you know, it's kind of hard to, you know, justify like he actually cares about winning, you know, like winning an NBA championship because, you know, he says, you know, he always hypes up his brand and I'll just say. Uh, and what about the wins, man? Yeah, what about, he yeah, said. exactly. It's yeah, all, about, like, it's all about him. Hello, you play to win <laughs> the game. It's that time of year. <laughs> It's that simple, Melo, for real. It's that simple. There's a lot of pressure, you know, because you got Phil Jackson in his last years. Then you got this big money payroll. You got Joe Kim Noah making all this money. Derrick Rose making all this money. Mm-hmm. You know, something got to, you know. You Show me the money. And you play in New York. <laughs> and New York doesn't play it when they when they don't win a championship. You know, they really they really take it hard. It's just. It's, yeah. It's, so this, what is this like? This sends like the worst message. <laughs> New York fans are not going to appreciate anything he said. Um, even I mean I just for me it makes no sense because I feel like he's just under he's underselling his his value I if, if, and I don't understand that. What Phil feels about this? Yeah, coaching two of the most competitive forces of nature we've ever seen: mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. The, yes, the, and going the, the entire exactly. monologue uh, of that that Eric started off this discussion with Kevin Durant. Uh, it was just a bunch of dudes that never won before. Yeah, and it's like trying to make themselves they're, they're like making excuses for yeah. it. No, isn't if you're not playing to win a championship, then what are you playing for? Yes, and and yes. That, that that's what you're telling us that you don't care if we win or lose because I'm playing good. I'm averaging over 20 points a game, and but I'm getting was, my money. You expect people to buy your jersey and come watch exactly. you play for what? Why? No. First of all, I ain't buying them Jordans that Melo got. They trash. But no. Anyway, you're not even playing to win. You just out there. I'm, no. a, I'm just, I'm just giving you my money. And you hinted, because, and, and you hinted earlier. You said that he went from Kobe and Jordan to this now, and it's like Kobe even made the comment that uh, Melo's the toughest player he's ever had to guard. Which to me, it just, it, it just highlights again that you have this offensive weapon that some way you have to figure out Melo himself how to lead a team. That's another knock on him too. Is is Melo a leader or not? I don't know that. Because I feel like he wants to lead by example. If you're going to lead by example, you need to start playing like it. And you start getting paid like it. Yeah, and you, you get you are getting paid like it, man. That's, yeah. It's crazy. Like, I remember when he first came in the league, he was going to compare. You know, he's right there with LeBron, you know, as, as far as, like, rivals. And yeah. going back to high school. And then it just started dropping, you know. Went from 
Him and LeBron, him and Paul to LeBron and Paul Pierce. Yes. He never developed other parts of his game for no. one. And they're in the same conference. Yeah. And it's still people are waiting for LeBron and Curry. They're <laughs> not even like that's they a knock. About yeah, like Miller. That's on and that's on him. That's his fault there. Cause he like David was man, that rivalry, I was like, I'm not gonna lie, I was big on Melo's side. Cause I thought Melo was way more offensively gifted uh, gifted than, than LeBron. He was. And he, he is, was. yeah. And I was like, oh, this dude's gonna be Easy to be able to translate. It reminded me kind of like Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins or whatever. Yeah. You got one guy who's who's way better offensively. Go ahead. Kim. Maybe that's part of where Carmelo Anthony probably feels as if he may, he feels a little bit more comfortable in terms of his legacy because he's won these gold medals. Now, yeah. granted that you know he's not getting paid by USA Basketball, but mm-hmm. maybe it's one of these things where perhaps Carmelo probably feels because he's excelled so much in international play that maybe he wants to be remembered more or less as a great international player more so than he does want to be remembered as a great NBA player. Greatest player player in USA basketball history. Exactly. Well, go play for Barcelona uh, (laughs) over there somewhere (laughs) and let them pay you $120 million. Because I'm sure Jordan's not replaced. He's not trading any of those rings for a gold medal. Win a Dominique ring. For more gold medals. You said win a what? Uh, A Dominique ring. (laughs) Stephon Marbury is a great international player. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like he's, he's, he's go ahead and be that. He's, he's worshipped over there. Go, if yeah. you want that, go over there. Because because over here we 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 want championships in yeah. America. That's what America's about: winning championships. Winning championships. That's the American <laughs> way. So as in light of the Olympics, this, I want you to praise me and I want you to pay me, but I don't want to win the trophy. Well, you that's you paying the fans back. That's not Pretty how America works. You might as well give your money back. Nah, we don't. And, and I can be honest. We talked about it last week. Like the attention. What do we really put in the stock of USA basketball? We saw Coach K's record, crazy record. He hasn't lost a game and it feels like whatever, like 20 years. But it's – all that six. doesn't matter to people here. Like nobody yeah, cares about individual. Yeah, I'm sure that, four years. Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah. this is not. Yeah, this is a, a different kind of kind of uh, sport here where basketball we care about strictly what's going on in the United States. It doesn't matter what's going on outside of that. Yeah, the best league in the world. Got the Meanwhile, best league. overseas. You know. You got yeah, and and that's another problem with Melo's comments is that. You want to win in the best. You you don't want to win in the best league on the planet. You want to yeah. win in the league. Yeah, yeah. Y'all, 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 y'all think the players. NBA is better than the Premier League? That's next week. That's next. <laughs> Look at that. Setting it off. I love it. Now, nah, Melo, for this, even though his playoff performances, he hasn't always. Um, and one thing to his to his uh, to to help him out there is he hasn't always uh, had that help that David was talking about. Um, as far as the talent around him, I've always said Melo hasn't had the team like LeBron's always had better. Uh, even though those first seven years in Cleveland, regardless of that, LeBron, LeBron's always had kind of better teams than Melo. And Melo's always like the one left out, which I feel I'm sure he was like when they went to Miami to team up, he just out there sitting like, yo, like waving his arms. Like, what about me? He you know what I mean? Country. He, true. Yeah. It's been a nice bit at power forward with LeBron. I they were talking about it. Yeah. They were talking about it. He would be a power forward. He would probably be a top five power forward in the league if he, yeah. he ever made if he, that move. Yeah. I mean, he At this point now, he can't. Whatever move he makes going going forward, if he's going to take a pay cut uh, to bring in more talent, that would help his image out right now. If you're going to do something like that, maybe, or yeah, reconstruct the contract to get, bring in more that. people, that and no you can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can't no do it. So it's like, what are you going to do now? Now you're stuck, so now it's up to you. People are not looking at Przingis. They're not looking at Derrick Rose. We don't know what to expect from Derrick Rose. So who else are they going to look at but you? We ain't looking at Noah. Like So it's, it's all about Melo. So you got to embrace it. I just feel like these comments are him yeah, not embracing gotta. Yeah, yeah, no trade clause too, so he can't. <laughs> <Got> <laughs> My it. gosh, he's a crybaby. And you make these comments here, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm expecting the Knicks. Hopefully, if they can get to that, we want to see. I think all of us want to see them in the conference finals. Uh, I don't. In the East, you don't. I don't want to see them unless they're playing the hard. Who else? That, that's, that's next week. That's next week. That's next week. That's uh, <laughs> he gonna keep saying, <laughs> "Yo, Rashad, we can't save everything for." <laughs> Anytime a New York team is in a is in a position to win a championship is always a good thing. It's always ask um, any league. We got a home. That, it's true though. We, well, I say that about New York friends more than anything. I don't care about LA. I'm, I'm tired of hearing about the Lakers. Like. They can be in their wall for as long time. as they – Yeah, whatever. They I, New York, the league – NBA is better when New York Knicks are, like, actually in the playoffs. Like, I miss watching Madison Square Garden, like, during uh, during the playoffs because it's just not the same without it. Yeah. But, uh, Melo, yeah, we need you to get it together. So, yeah, uh, episode five, the A-League. Man, um, this was another good one here. We talked about a little bit about the Olympics, John Saunders, NBA schedule, and how the Falcons looked in, in, in game one. Um Everybody, let's go around again. Do what we regularly do and uh, give our our, our uh, Twitters, SoundClouds. I don't know, y'all got SoundCloud. I know Rashad be rapping over there, man. I'm trying to hear. I'm trying to hear some tracks, man. Spit some bars. Uh, me, it's Eric, your boy here. 
ericyboa.com, Twitter, eyeboa5. Akeem Balaam, at Akeem Balaam on Twitter and the gram, and also akeembalaam.com. Uh, David Norwood II, at Dnor at DNorwood90 on Twitter. <laughs> RashadMilligan.com. Y'all can also uh, hit me up on Telegraph. This is Jeremy Johnson. Uh, Get out of here. Uh, Twitter, uh, Clark <laughs> underscore Kent75. I tried to do Superman. Hey, yeah, he did it again. And he going to do it again. Episode 5, peace. Yo, you gotta stop with your <laughs> 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 <laughs>